welcome into another edition of NBA Sound System. Carlin Gay alongside Micah Adams and Scott Rafferty. It is the uh, triple threat. Is that what we're called? Yeah. That's what we're going to go with? Go with triple threat. On this episode, we will talk about the Miami Heat. I will check the temperature in the room, no pun intended, to find out where you guys... Very original there. No one's ever done that before. No one has ever done that on the Miami Heat. Uh, Steph Curry is maybe coming back soon. So we'll talk about our expectations to see him back. We want to see him for four games, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Everyone's talking about Giannis versus Harden. I want your guys' opinions on it. Where do you stand? Whose side are you on? But first, it's been a long time coming for this appreciation segment. I'm very excited for this. Jason Tatum has been flat out balling lately. And in my opinion, I'm going to start off. In my opinion, he is easily in relax, the top 15 relax, relax. in the I, NBA right oh, now. Yeah. Easily. I don't, I don't think that's that hot. No, that's not hot at all. It's not. That's it, cr- it's not. I also think that he is an all-NBA. Uh, he's he's going to be an all-NBA player at the end of he's the He's going to steal it from my guy Chris Middleton. He's going to be there. And I also think he should get some consideration for all-defensive team. I want to start a – I want to do a little blind resume here. All right. Off the top, all right. Before <laughs> we nervous. get too far in, so <laughs> yeah, this can't end well for either of them. I'm going to give you guys two stat lines here. Right. Okay. The first one: thirty point five points per game, forty nine percent shooting, nine point one rebounds, one point seven steals, and zero point seven blocks. Okay. This, by the way, before we uh, move on, this is so much harder when you actually don't have the stats. For I was going to say, I feel like you should <laughs> when you're well, so it it's like when you're reading it out. Thirty points, nine boards, fifty percent shooting. Basically, okay. yeah, I got it. Yeah, but it's number still, two. Yeah. I'm, I'm on your side. Thirty-one point one points, fifty-three percent shooting, seven point nine rebounds, one point one steals, one point two blocks. It's a little bit more scoring, a little bit better shooting, not as many rebounds, not as many steals, but more blocks. Where's the assists? Does I don't have it away. Okay. Um, per 36? No. Nope. Per game. Nice and basic. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with B. I'll go with B as well. I mean, he's scoring more, more efficiently. Yeah. More blo- that's the answer you yeah, want. That's, that's, that's what I'm, your, that's your what eyes I want. lit up right there. So <laughs> B is, uh, that's Jason Tatum over his last 10 games. Okay. He's been absolutely outrageous. I think I know. Who he's he been is. unreal. Player A is Kawhi Leonard last wow. year in the postseason. Wow. Now, granted, a 10-game stretch in the middle of the regular season is not the same thing it's a as little doing different. it over the playoffs. However, we made a big deal about how what Kawhi did resulted in winning a title, resulted in him taking the throne, making the claim as the best player in the league. And what Jason Tatum has done over the last 10 games is essentially akin to what Kawhi did in the playoffs. I'm not saying he's going to do that in the playoffs. I mean, against... But I, but I do think that it's worth pointing out that, like, the level that he's gotten to these last 10 games is a pretty high level. It's a little bit different than doing it against, like, the Sixes and Warriors and stuff like that night in, night out, right? Like but doing I, it against the Clippers and Lakers night in and night I know, out? There's some, there's some other teams mixed there in are. there. Um, but, I mean, there's no doubt that what he's doing is incredible. We had him... To go back to what you were saying, Colin, we had him 12 when we ranked to the top 30 players in the league are right now when we did it like a week ago. That, that list is already dated. I mean, I think I, to me, I'm pretty confident in saying that this version of Tatum right now is easily a top 10 player in the league. 
Because I'd have him ahead of Jimmy Butler and Pascal Siakam at the very least right now, who are both ahead of him when we did that list. And then Joel Embiid too, although I think, you know, when Embiid brings it, when he's at his best on both ends of the floor, I'd probably still have Embiid ahead of him. But this version of Tatum right now is a top 10 player. I, no, that sucks when we dis, don't disagree. But I mean, you uh, said top 15. Yeah, well, I was just being like, I'm taking into consideration the whole season, not just right. the last 10 right. games. But I, th- I like, I'm not saying he's playing like a top 15 player. I'm saying he is a top 15 okay. player. Is, that's fair. If, if that's, that's fair. the difference. He's um, there. Yeah, he's, right? he's, like, he's arrived. Both, both ends of the floor. He's, uh, they, this guy's a killer. We've seen a little bit of this before, though, in the playoffs from Jason Tatum in his rookie season. Like, he was, he was playing at a high level. I don't think anyone then would have said he was an all-NBA player, but everyone then said that he had potential to be an all-NBA player. So we're starting to see that potential come to life a little bit. Now, where's the ceiling? Because he's only 20. He's about to turn 22, right? I, I think I, I literally I think the ceiling is what Kawhi just did last postseason. Like I, I, I think that's on the table. I don't know how it's not on the table. This year or I how long are we from, from I think that? it's I'm not saying it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but like would either of you guys be like absolutely floored, shocked, stunned if all of a sudden like he just keeps doing this in the playoffs? Because the two way potential thing is another that's like that can't be in order. This isn't like Luka Doncic going nuts and then not right. guarding anyone on the other end. Like this is a Jason Tatum blossoming into this guy who can basically guard anybody and score on anybody yeah. at any time. I mean, before All-Star break, when he played against the Clippers, he, he brought up both ends. He, I think he scored, well, it was like 39 points, but then he's also guarding Kawhi on the other end of the court. And Kawhi had an awful game down the stretch, and it was, it was basically because of Tatum. I'm glad you brought up that game, because okay. I, I, I dug into that game a little bit more. Okay. Okay, so in that game, he scores 39 points. Yep. The NBA's matchup data, far from perfect. Yep. He was guarded by Kawhi or Paul George 75% of the time in that game. He was a perfect three for three shooting against Kawhi. He was two of three against Paul George. And then on the other end of the floor, he guarded Kawhi more than anyone else. And Kawhi shot just four of 12 against Tatum. That's one game, right? It's hard to, hard to draw too many conclusions. But like, I mean, that, that is the definition of going up against the best player in the world and quite frankly, like giving it to him. It is worth saying, by the way, Paul George only played 15 minutes in that game, but I mean, your point remains. He did it against Kawhi at the very least for a lot of Is that, is that because he couldn't guard Jason Tatum, so he got benched? Had <laughs> <laughs> no, no Doc seen enough? <laughs> uh, I, I think that game is the one, because we watched it together in Chicago, uh, and while it was happening, we were having a discussion, and I can't remember who was on the side of Kemba Walker being the closer for Boston, but then it unfolded that Jason Tatum ended up being the closer in that game, and whoever was on Jason Tatum's side won the argument that night. I think that argument is over. Obviously, we haven't seen Kemba Walker in some time. Hopefully, he gets back to the lineup healthy. The Celtics are a better team when Kemba Walker is there, but the pecking order, especially in a closing game, in a closing scenario, has to be Tatum first, Walker second. Yeah, I got, I got a couple things on that. One, I think this is a big... One of the big differences between Kemba and Kyrie, right? I think as long as Kyrie was going to be on that team, he was going to be the closer just no because doubt. that's the reputation he's had in his career and everything. Um, and deserv- deservably so. He's been a big-time scorer in the clutch. But I think Kemba, 
he can almost bring similar stuff as Kyrie for three quarters. But because he's not as good in the fourth quarter, it opens the door for someone like Tatum to step up. And I think ultimately this is the the Celtics have always wanted Tatum to be this guy, right? Like the best version of the Celtics team was always always going to be a guy when Tatum is a top ten player in the league and is their closer. So I think that's another benefit of you know this team signing Kemba instead of keeping Kyrie. Um, going back to what you were saying, Micah, the one thing I would be surprised in the playoffs, I would be surprised if he like outplayed Giannis in the conference finals. Yeah, which is what Kawhi obviously did last year. That's one of those things. I think he could be the best player on the court for two rounds. But, I would but, just be surprised if he actually like is. But the he best doesn't player. have to outplay. He could just if he just matches what he brings to the table. Isn't that good enough? I know, but we were comparing him to Kawhi specifically. I'm just sure. saying, like, Kawhi by far and away outplayed Giannis in the conference finals last year, right? Right. On both ends of the court. I would just be surprised. And again, we're talking about Kawhi. We talked about being the best player in the league coming into the season based on what he did last year. I would just be surprised if Tatum did that, but I would not be surprised if he was the best player in the court for two I would rounds. be shocked. I wouldn't be really? shocked. Yeah. I, I would not I be shocked at shocked. all. Really? I, if he yeah. outplayed Giannis, though, yeah, I, look, that's look, Giannis is going to win the MVP. He should probably win it unanimously. And there's no like, Giannis is amazing. This is not a like Jason Tatum is better than Giannis. Yeah, I want to be clear about that podcast. Too. That's yeah. not what we're saying here. Right. But like, I don't know. Is there a twenty percent chance, thirty percent chance he outplays him in a series? I don't think that's that crazy. Like this, like what we've seen here, like this is no fluke, right? He's been doing I mean, it long enough at this point torching, where it's, it's very clear. Absolutely lighting the league on fire uh, for the season. This isn't even like small sample size, last 10, last 15 games. For the season, he's now shooting 41% on pull-up threes. <laughs> this is among the top, you, you take the top 25 in the league in attempts, the only guy that's better is J.J. Redick, who might be the third best shooter right. in the world behind Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Like this, this guy, there's just he's getting to the line more. I mean, well, the the two knocks on him last year were one, he stopped getting to the line, mm-hmm. or he never really started getting to the line, and then he set up with too many long twos and long jumpers and bad shots. Well, he's not doing that anymore. He's sinking threes. He's getting to the line. I I don't know. Like I I I don't know why anyone would have any hesitation in looking at this dude and just saying like, I I think this I think Boston can win the NBA title. I, well, I'm not ready to say that, but I the. Going back to the Giannis argument, I think that the difference between the two players, the, like you can take things away from Giannis, and then he doesn't have much to go to after a certain point. Whereas Jason Tatum can now hit the three off the dribble. He can catch and shoot, hit threes. He can get to the line, and I think that's huge in the playoffs. Giannis got to the line last year, but he wasn't making free throws. Like It was still kind of shaky at that point. Jason Tatum's getting to the line in the two biggest games in the, in the last five outings for the Celtics. 10 times against the Clippers, 15 times against the Lakers. Like, that matters in a playoff series, especially on the road. When the crowd's going crazy, you want to silence the crowd, you get that foul call, you go to the line, you shut them up by hitting two free throws. Giannis had multiple opportunities to do that last year against Toronto, and he would miss one, make the other, and and that would just ignite the crowd. And it kind of got in his head, and he, he shot away from contact. Jason Tatum's not going to be shying away from contact. He's, he's going to be looking for it, and, and we see that. That's, that's, that's the difference is where I, I could see him being able to impact the game offensively a lot more ways than Giannis can right now. The thing is Tatum's still not – the, the fact that he got to the line as many times as he did in those games that you mentioned is encouraging because that has been a knock, big knock on him. He's still not getting to the line a ton, though, and I do think that's one thing. Like If he can't shoot 
as incredible as he has been lately from three, I think that's going to become more of a factor because he has to add that to his game. Um, and something else you mentioned about comparing him to Giannis. One thing that's crazy about Giannis is just the amount of tension that he draws. Yes. And he's proven that, like, he's improved as a passer considerably over the next two, to, last like two or three years. Right. That's one of the next things for Tatum. And we saw it in that Lakers game when he gets doubled down the stretch and everything. Like, that, I think that was like the first time that I can remember teams doubling him hard, like that I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. And that, that's just another level that he has to go to. And he's going to see it more in the playoffs and we'll see how he, he adjusts and how the Celtics He's also well. kind of on the perfect team for someone that's not yet there too as a passer though, right? That's because fair. he's got Kimba there. He's got Gordon Hayward there. Jalen Brown could do some things. Like even Marcus Smart at times isn't, isn't Who, by awful the way, as a playmaker, right? Too. I'm oh my god, I was I was just looking at that too. It's like forty two percent of the yeah, year. Yeah. So happening um, in Boston. So I, I just think like Tatum is in a position where it's not like this is the number one option on a team with a bunch of like standstill shooters that come playoff time, you know, like you you take him away, you take away everything. Like Boston is a team where you you double this isn't like the Houston Rockets where you double James Harden and then it's Russ and Daniel House and Austin Rivers. I mean the high quality playmakers with the ball in Boston. So you really can't even do that a whole lot to Tatum because they'll burn you if you do. The thing is, and we saw it in the Raptors game, like Giannis wasn't even scoring that much in the first half. And I, I went back and watched the game and I've taken screenshots of like certain points of the game, even when he's not scoring much. And you can just see the amount of attention he draws, even when he's not scoring. And it's, it's honestly insane. Like he draws three guys every time he goes to the basket in transition. Yeah. I'm just saying like Tatum is not at that level yet. No. And I do wonder... To your point, maybe that doesn't matter because the Celtics are just loaded with playmakers. Because you're right, if they double him and then you hit it to Gordon Hayward, he can make a play. He can break a team down, things like that. Uh, I, I do just, I, I still think it might be, for me, it's just still a little bit early to, you know, say that he can get to that level in the playoffs and beat Giannis and outplay him. But he's certainly trending towards that direction. And like the, we've the been saying. The counter to that is, though, he, the dude did it in, a, in, a, in his rookie season where he didn't know any better and was barely in the league 20 minutes. Guy, and he was doing it to LeBron James. He yammed on oh, LeBron in the fourth yeah, quarter of game seven. Like, it they, wasn't like he was doing it as some bum. But I do think it's a little bit different when you do that. I mean, he had one of the greatest rookie performances ever in the postseason, right? Sure. But I do think there's a difference between doing something like that as a rookie and doing it once teams are more used to you and things like that. We kind of saw it with Donovan Mitchell. Not that Donovan Mitchell ever reached that point that Tatum did. He was incredible in the first round in his rookie season. And in the playoffs last year, he really struggled. And I just think there's, it's a little bit different once you grow older and then you go but back to the playoffs that, and teams can scheme against you better, know your strengths and weaknesses more. Right. Like you're not taking teams by surprise as much. Does that not give you positive reinforcement a little bit? Seeing him do that, Oh, absolutely. When the team is nowhere near as talented as it is now around him, right? Like if they're if the Celtics are super healthy, that team that he took to game 7 against the Cavs, I mean, Al Horford was the the second option on that team. Jalen Brown wasn't Jalen Brown that he I mean, is Terry now. I mean, Terry was starting for that team. I, exactly. Right. So, no, that's it's absolutely it's only a positive. The fact that he's had that experience and everything is only a positive. I just I don't know if it's a guarantee that he's going to, you know, lift this team to the final. That's all I'm saying. I think people the entire year have pointed to the Philadelphia 76ers, not, as, not necessarily the second best team, but the team most likely to be able to hang with Milwaukee. Right. I think, just like matchup-wise. Like, right. the, the Raptors have been a better team. The Celtics have been a better team, even like the Heat and Pacers at times. But I think push comes to shove. Like, anyone would probably say, who's the team with the best shot of knocking off Milwaukee? 
I think until Tatum was doing this, the answer was Philly. And I think even fully healthy, if this is the version of Jason Tatum that's just here now in our lives, I think Boston's a bigger. I think Boston's the biggest threat to Milwaukee in the East. And the thing with them is that the Bucks scheme, they play a drop coverage, funnel guys to the basket, and they give up a lot of threes, pull up threes specifically. And the Celtics are probably the one team that's best suited to take yeah. those shots because they have Kemba, they have Tatum, as you say, Marcus Smart's been good with those shots this year. Like they have a couple guys who can score against that scheme. I do kind of wonder how they match up with the Bucks defensively, and if they have enough guys who can slow Giannis down to the point where they can win that series. And you and I were talking about it the other day, Micah. Mm-hmm. You kind of suggested that maybe that's a series where they're just like, hey, Giannis, go score 40 points a game. We're going to stop everyone else from scoring, though, and just you have what you want. Um, but I do, I, I do. Offensively, I think they're probably best suited to go up against the Bucs. I do worry about them a bit defensively. But that's, I mean, that's the case with any team that's going to play the, the Bucs, th- right? The scary thing with Tatum, too, is, you know, we, we talk about his defense. In that Lakers game, like, he was... Like guarding Anthony Davis straight up in the post and more than holding his own. Now Giannis is a different animal yep. th- than even AD down there, so I'm not gonna sit here and say like Jason Tatum's gonna lock down Giannis. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we saw last year what you can kind of do with strong big wings and Giannis and getting up in him. I don't know, like Tatum could more than hold his own there too. I, I don't know. I, I, I've gotten to the point where like Boston, Milwaukee is, is the series that I want to see in the East more than, more than anything else because of Tatum's arrival. I think we're getting to the bigger picture here that we started talking about before we went on, and I, we didn't write this down as a topic, but I, I think the Eastern Conference playoffs is, has the potential to be very interesting. Like, I think series might go – like the, once we get past the first round, you get, get rid of whoever ends up being seventh or eighth. We're probably looking at like seven game series all the the rest of the way. Yeah, like, there's not going to be any gentleman sweeps. It's six or seven games the rest of the way, and it all comes down to matchups. So, for the first time in a long time, the regular season matters. And these, this last month and a half, like if the Raptors slip right now, because Boston's right there. If the Raptors slip right now, you're now going to Boston for Game Seven, where the Celtics are pretty good at home. Yep. I don't know that there, there's a there's a crazy first round series looming too for somebody whether it's Philly Miami Philly's gonna be involved right it's Philly yeah. first whoever that's gonna be an an absolutely bloodbath of a first round we think unless Philly just gets their doors blown off because they can't seem to figure out who the hell they are and those five teams are like nasty at home all of them yeah they really all are. of them are really good at home. <laughs> They've all lost less than 10 games at home this season. And they probably won't lose more than 10 the rest of the way, unless they're you know, sitting guys the towards Ra- the back The Raptors the are basically the only team that's at risk of losing 10-plus home games because they've lost eight already. But all the other guys, I mean, the Bucks have lost three games at home, Celtics five, Heat four, Sixers <laughs> two. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I can't wait, man. It's going to be fun. I, it it's going to be a great playoff. It is playoffs. going to be really fun. Um, and I'll actually throw the Pacers in there too. Nah. If, if they can figure it out. There. I'm throwing them in there. If they could, they can figure it out. I don't think they have. They're not winning. No, no, they're a tier down. But yeah. it's not like they're going to be, you know. They're not a walk in the park, right? They're right. not like the Pistons of these years past or right. the Magic or whatever. There's right? a massive, massive drop off between them and the Nets and Magic. That's why the second seed is so important is what, I, is what I'm getting That's at. That's fair. Yeah. You know, you'd rather play that or play the Magic or whoever than the uh, Pacers. All right. Um, let's move to the beef. Where's the beef? Giannis and James Harden. 
I find this so interesting from the honest standpoint because he goes out of his way to take shots at James Harden. It's pretty and great. We've seen it all we've seen it multiple times this season. Um the All Star draft was probably the highest profile one, even after post game in the All Star game, when it's a meaningless game and he still went out of his way to take a shot at James <laughs> Harden, which I found hilarious. And finally the response from James Harden. And he didn't have to do it either. No, but, it was he, he kind of came out of nowhere. Right? Out of nowhere, I loved it. What do you guys think? It's fine. I, I it's interesting. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm exactly. They're, they're not going to play it. each other in the finals. They're not going to like. I, who cares? They don't guard <laughs> each other. It's what is that? I know that's not what you want to hear, no, but like, it's not. look, the two. So I mean, like Giannis threw an elbow at James Harden in the All Star game, which is pretty funny. There, there's the the play last year where he hurls a 95 mile an hour fastball <laughs> accidentally hitting it off of yeah. off of hard in space one thing that i do think is is a little bit of a cheap well, well it's not a cheap shot because Giannis was calling him out first but Harden's sitting there saying that Giannis isn't skilled or like all he all he is is seven feet tall he dunks I, I mean he didn't call him out by name so you know uh, who else is he talking about? Is he talking about not, Brooke Lopez? I'm not gonna lie. When he said it, though, it did go like it, I didn't register with me immediately that he's talking about Giannis. I kind of just saw the interview. And I was like, oh, okay. Harden, Harden did the right way. That's I like mean, classic rap beef 101. You never say the person's name. But Giannis doesn't care, which I love. No, <laughs> like, Giannis is like might as well say his middle name. <laughs> like, <Right>. like, <laughs> but like, what what do you what are we supposed to do with this? Well, they're gonna play again. They play March 25th. Yeah, they, they, okay, so they play one more regular season game. Did you care about that game beforehand? I'd be interested in it, sure. Not I mean, the two two really fun teams playing each other. I'm gonna watch it. It's but am I is am I like circling it like it's some sort of uh, game that all of a sudden carries so so much more significant weight? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I am. Not at all. <laughs> I am. Well, you're big. You're a big wrestling guy. I am. A big like wrestling you're big guy. WWE. I love this. And, I know. love this stuff, man. That's not even the matchup I'm excited to see in that game. Okay. I want to see Brook Lopez going Russell Westbrook. Oh, great. Here we go. You know it's gonna happen. We're not gonna do this right now. I'm just telling you, that's a more exciting matchup. All right, go ahead, expand. Go ahead. Why? I mean, Brook Lopez, as I've said before on this pod, is the best rim protector in the NBA. A lot of teams have been using their senses to guard Russell Westbrook lately because he's scoring like 100, 110 percent of his points in the paint, um, shooting a lot of mid-range shots. But you know, Rudy Gobert was guarding him. He lit Rudy Gobert up, but. I think Brook Lopez is just a better defender right now. So. <laughs> than Rudy Gobert? He has yeah. a better chance of guarding Russ? better than Rudy Gobert? I think so. Sure. Okay. All right. We'll find out. Let's move Circle on. the calendar. <laughs> I love it. I, I absolutely love it. All right. Steph Curry may come back on March 1st. If you listen to Shams, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, this is his last name, so I'm just going to also call him Shams. <laughs> if you listen to Shams, uh, he said <laughs> that Steph Curry potentially might make his return on March 1st. Um, maybe by the time you're listening to this, that would be confirmed by the war staff. But I also saw a report saying Steve Kerr went out of his way to say he didn't hear anything about Steph coming back that soon. But the bottom line is Steph Curry will come back at some point where I thought earlier that we probably wouldn't see Steph in 2019, 2020. So I'm actually excited to see Steph again uh, back on the floor and to watch Warriors games and to get a glimpse of what this team more specifically, him and Andrew Wiggins will yep. be together. Um, where do you guys stand on Steph coming back this late in the season on a team that, I mean, is not making the playoffs? They're, they're probably a couple games away from being eliminated. The magic number is probably shrinking for them. Um, 
Yeah, where do you stand on Steph? Uh, two things. I think the first one that you said, the biggest thing is seeing how he fits in with Wiggins because you've got to assume the Warriors next season are going to game one, they're going to have their eyes set on making the playoffs, right? So any kind of reps they can get. Clay's not coming back this season, or at least I think it's been confirmed at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, they said that. Yeah. So your best bet is to see how Steph Curry plays with Wiggins, um, Andre Green, and let's right. be honest, Clay Thompson is a very easy guy to fit into any lineup just because of the way he plays. Uh, I'm also kind of just interested to see how Steph looks after having that hand injury. It was his left hand. They've had, His trainer said that there's no risk of re-injury, but he's had a nerve problem with it, and I think it's just one of those things that he's going to have to... He's talked about kind of like learning how to play with that and everything so i think there could just be an adjustment period but like you were saying this is just like a feeling out point for him and the warriors and wiggins at this because there's nothing that they can do this season other than lose more games to increase their lottery <laughs> <Yes>. odds <laughs> we uh yeah the the one thing that i, I do think is, is somewhat interesting and different now i think in years past people would ask why is he going to come back he's going right. to play him out of a out of a better uh, out of a lottery pick or top pick, but it's worth pointing out with the new lottery system that yep. the the three worst teams all have the same odds, and you know they're they're right now they are five and a half games clear of one of those top three spots, so they're they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. No, Steph's not going to do anything with that team uh, to sort of tank or or screw up their chances. I am so excited for Steph to become to come back. Here we go. Entering the year. I I have never I have not been more excited to see a team than I was the Warriors without Kevin Durant because before Kevin Durant got there Steph and Clay and Draymond were it was the most fun thing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They played a brand of basketball that nobody else could do. I know that it's a copycat league and you know since the 2015-16 season which was the last time we saw them more teams are kind of starting to do that. I am I know Clay's not coming back this year. But I'm beyond excited to see Steph out there playing like Steph Curry again. He was awesome in sort of letting Kevin Durant fill in, and they were amazing together and shows his unselfishness. I am so pumped to see selfish Steph Curry again, (laughs) and I mean that in a good way. The last time that Steph had his own team, the guy won unanimous MVP, which has never been done in the history of the league. He won a scoring title. Right, he he set the all-time record for made threes. They won seventy-three games. Now that team was a lot better than the one that's going to take the floor ultimately next year. But I think that these last twenty-ish games are going to sort of give us a little bit of a taste of, oh yeah, this Steph Curry guy's really freaking good. And I, I'm thrilled, and I think Andrew Wiggins is going to be he's perfect next to Steph and Clay and Draymond. I, I think that the grief that Wiggins has gotten has been earned because he's been really bad for a really long time. However, I think that this is the absolute... Pr- you cannot go into 2K and create a team that will put him in a better position to succeed than the one that's going to take the floor next year uh, in San Francisco. You guys know I'm a Wiggins apologist. so but I, You I, know. I would have to agree <laughs> that if it doesn't work out here than everyone was right before. I think some of the blame has to go on the losing atmosphere that was surrounding him in Minnesota right now. But if he doesn't succeed here, then it's then just 110% of the blame goes on Andrew Wiggins. And I, and I think you're right. I'm excited to see Steph. I'm actually happy he's coming back because he could easily sit out. Like Steph Curry doesn't have to rush back to this team. We wouldn't. No one would bat an eye if he sat out the season. They'd say, you know what, get healthy for next year. The fact that he's coming back, Tells me all I need to know about the type of guy and player Steph Curry is. 
and I'm so excited to see him back. It also sends a message to Wiggins. It's, yeah, to right? the rest of the league, like too. Like, every, every other... Because star players wouldn't come back. Like, LeBron right. shut it down last year, right? Yeah, with, absolutely. With the groin injury, because he had no, no point of coming back, right? Like, Steph coming back sends a message to everyone else in that locker room. Like, get your act together. We got to figure out who our four, five, six, seven, eight guy is, because next year, uh, we're coming go. back to win it. Let's go. Golden, Golden State is coming back to win. Oh, I'm not man. saying they're going to they're gonna win the title. I'm not predicting that they're going to win it, but they will be in that conversation. 365 days from now, 100%. we're going to look at the standings, and we're going to be talking about how nobody in the right mind wants to see the Splash Brothers and your boy Wiggy in the playoffs. Ooh, baby. Because and Draymond. Let's and not Draymond. Forget, let's not forget Draymond. And whoever comes out of the draft. LaMelo Ball. You guys are so much higher on the Warriors than I am right now. You are I, so out I'm on not, them. I'm not. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to – obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't think – like, you and I were talking about it the other day, Colin. I think you said that there's, like you, – you're pretty confident that they could get, like, the best record in the West next season. Yes. I don't think they can. That's that's just the difference between us. And I agree with you. I think by the time the playoffs come around, if they're healthy, no matter what seed they are, they're going to be one of the scariest teams in the playoffs. I just don't know necessarily know if they have it in them to win anytime, 60 games or something like that. Anytime you can add two motivated – Hall of Famers that still have a lot to give to your team, I am going to ride on that side. That entire team has a giant chip on their <laughs> oh, shoulder. Oh, for sure. Wait. Right? And in a, weird, in a weird way, and this is a little bit, whatever, uh, the fact that Kevin Durant is also not coming back until next season, mm-hmm. like it's not like we get a year of Kevin Durant in Brooklyn and then like Golden State – gathers and get back together right like next year we get the warriors back and we get kevin durant back yes and like i'm here for all of it yes i i i I want it i relish it like those two games are going to be incredible next year like you don't think that the warriors are going to be looking at brooklyn and trying to better their record and then rub it in kd's face that he's out east and weaker you don't think that that's gonna Oh, no, I, I do. Man, I, I can't wait. I do. Can't wait. I do, but like we're talking about like a team that's going to finish fourth in the West and like third <laughs> in the East. So, <laughs> all right. You're killing all the fun with you all know the, what? Uh, we, the dramas. We do, we do need to call out your boy, Wiggy, though. Okay, My great. man's lost 19 games in a row. Yes. He's not played. No, he didn't play. He did not he didn't play last in night. The, in okay. the, well, his uh, teams have lost. He has not, he has not <laughs> right. won a game since <laughs> January 9th. <laughs> Oh, with 19, Wiggy's uh, teams are. It's not great. No, but he's, not. he's actually been fine, though. He team. has. He's been pretty good. And I think even though he hasn't played next to, he hasn't played with Steph or Clay yet, I think the signs, there are encouraging signs of how he's played already that he can fit in well with them. Um, he's basically ton, taking only catch and shoot threes, which is important on this team. Draymond set him up for some nice baskets already off of cuts and things like that. So I think we're starting to see the potential of him in there. No disrespect to the coaches he's had in the past, but I think Steve Kerr is is not X's and O wise, but like for his mental game, yeah, the best coach he's ever had. Like he's been talking Wiggins up in every yeah. opportunity, talking about his defense, talking about things, talking about how he's been underrated at this point in his career. Um, I, th- I like I think that's a part of it too. He's just going to nurture that real, like his his ego, yeah, to the point where he's not going to have too many down games. He just knows how to to work the mental game but the thing is too it doesn't really matter if he has a down game on That's the warriors true. anymore as it did with the timberwolves and i just think in golden state kerr is just going to simplify his game so much more because now he doesn't have to run a pick and roll every single time down the court and make reads and Find guys open, which he can create do. his own shot he can do but that's not i don't think that's what he's best at so now he's a guy who's 
shooting a catch and shoot three. He's coming off of a screen. If he doesn't have the three, he's putting the ball and going to the basket. You know what I mean? Like everything is just going to be so much simpler for him in Golden State. And he's going to get out in transition. Draymond's a great pass. Steph's a mm-hmm. great passer. Like it's going to be so much easier for him um, because he just doesn't you have to do as much offensively. Yeah. He's, he still needs to learn how to play without the ball, though. Oh, absolutely. Because the, Andrew Wiggins stands with his feet in cement. And I think one of the la- one of my lasting impressions from earlier this year is a national TV game uh, in which Doris Burke was just killing Wiggins because he just was standing in the corner mm-hmm. for like three straight possessions. You cannot do that in Golden State, especially playing off Steph and Clay. And look, everyone there's a great passer too, right? So it's it's on Wiggy, Carl. I, you're de- dead dead on the money in the sense that like it doesn't work here. It's probably not working anywhere else. But man, it's it's an amazing opportunity. You can, you can remove the probably. It's not working anywhere else if it doesn't work here. Like it's 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 a, it might work in like like CS like Seska Moscow. Yeah. Work here. <laughs> one, one more thing on that, by the way, <laughs> in Minnesota, no one was really like if if he doesn't cut in Golden State, Draymond's yelling at him every single right. time. Right. He didn't really have. I mean, Jimmy Butler was kind of that guy in Minnesota. They only played one season together. But I think even in this system, like guys are going to get on him. Um, and to your point, Colin, like the, the fact that Steve Kerr is talking so highly of him, I, I just think that he has a better support system there. He has better teammates. They're going to be asking more of him. Simplified game. I think he has a good opportunity. I'm not going to. I agree. I'm not going to predict that this is going to happen, but I, I guarantee you there will be a column written about 15, 20 games into next season. And we're going to start having a conversation of should Andrew Wiggins make the All-Star team? No, stop. Because he's going to be averaging like 21 points a game. We don't have to go, we don't have to yeah, take it. Yeah, we do. He's going to be He's going to be averaging like 21 points a game. <laughs> the Warriors are going to be like 15 and 5 and everyone's going to start talking about like ooh we were, we were having Should a, he be the third all-star in Golden State? We were having know. a healthy Wiggins discussion and then you took you took it too far. Honestly, if you check the CMS it's probably already there. I mean, you and I, you and I, had a, <laughs> you and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, Colin. Yeah. We did a fact of fiction on him. I, I just don't think a team's going to get three All Stars in the West anymore. And that's you, you assuming that he's going to get it over Draymond. Hey man, who's things happen. Be, Injuries happen. Sure, I'm not. I'm things definitely happen. not betting on it. But I got go Wiggy ahead, in the All Star game. I got them winning the title. It's going to be great. Steph's <laughs> winning step the MVP. further. All NBA's next. Let's go. <laughs> uh, no, we're all excited for Edgy Wiggins. All right, um, the Miami Heat have been in a tailspin seemingly in the last little bit. And that's only because they were on such a high prior to the turn of the calendar. They were second in the Eastern Conference for a a long stretch. They were surprising teams. Now that's kind of come back down to earth and they're sitting in the middle of a pack in the East. I still believe, however, that this is a team that no one wants to see in the playoffs. I think people have gone cold on them because they didn't make a move at the trade deadline, and everyone was so hot and uh, and heavy for them to make a move. And the move that they move. made right. was Andre Yogadala, who I know both of you guys have uh, strong opinions on. So, floor is yours. Go ahead, Micah. No, I I just think he's became the most overrated player in the league. Expand because everyone all season long has been talking about. Who's going to sign Andre Iguodala? Which LA team is he going to go to? Can the Rockets get him? Oh, he makes $17.5 million, so it's going to be hard to trade for him. And yet we, you sit here and realize, like, yeah, he's had some great moments in the finals as a role player. As a role player. Finals as like MVP? The, he shouldn't have won that finals MVP. <laughs> that, that was ridiculous. He won finals MVP for guarding a guy that was like 37, 10, and 8 for the series. Uh. Um. Iggy's, Iggy's fine. 
but we need to stop talking about how Andre Godala is this one swing piece that somehow was going to swing a title. He's a 36-year-old like reserve wing. You almost called him a bum, didn't you? No, he's no, he's not a bum. Don't do that. I love, <laughs> I like Andre Godala is great. I think Andre Godala should make the Hall of Fame. Like I I legitimately have a lot of respect for Andre Godala and everything he's done. I just think at this point in his career Anyone to expect him to be this impact player that's going to be swinging playoff series, I, I think is completely delusional. But, I mean, we, we had a pod after the trade deadline. We talked about this. I think ultimately, whichever team was going to get him, I agree with you. There was so much conversation about which team was going to get him and everything. But ultimately, like a team like the Heat only needs him for like 15 or 20 minutes right. in the playoffs, right? Like 15 positive minutes. And I, I do think he's still capable of doing that. He's playing a lot more than that right There's now. There's a lot of he guys is, that are capable is. of sure. doing that. But like he's more capable of doing that than like I think. Like I would trust him more in a game seven against the Celtics on the floor against like Jay Crowder, for example. Right? Sure. So I, I think that's ultimately what it is. He hasn't been playing great lately, but he also hasn't played in nearly a year. It's been like nine months. So I think it's just, it might just take him some time. And it's just unfortunate for him that this has come in a period where the heat have kind of hit a lull. I, I think it's going to be fine. And ultimately, he's probably only going to be on this team for next season because the year after that is a team option. They're probably going to turn that down to keep, you know, open up their books for free agency. So I, I don't really, I still don't have a problem with it. It probably was taken overboard, the hype about him and this team getting him, but I still think he can have an impact. What's dumb What's going to be infuriating is when he plays 18 minutes in a game, he makes one really good play. Like he'll make one great read or he'll make one great shot. And then everyone will say, oh, Andre Godala, he's great. Look at that. And it'll be like one possession out of 20. And and every every what time if that he wins does them anything a game? great. That's what I was going to say. What if that wins them a game? It, it might. It like could. last year, it wasn't it against did. the Blazers. Game, well, that I was gonna say in the finals, right? He made that huge yeah. three in in Game Six. That yeah, and they had the out of body experience against the Rockets, where yeah. he made like every three, and then that was incredible. Three. <laughs> it was a uh, no, it was a Game Two. It was Game Two where he in Toronto. Yeah, that's right. In Toronto, that's right. where he, he I think that's right. He tied the series back up. Um, but I like he's not gonna have that big of a role, or shouldn't have that big of a role on this team. And if he does, it's because these guys are young. Like what I I didn't want to go into the too deep into the Andre Iguodala hole because he's not going to be the reason they win or lose a series like he's just it's going to come down to jimmy butler and whoever could step up and maybe that's kendrick nunn maybe that's drogic maybe that's miles leonard if he gets back uh, miles leonard who gets back healthy and those aren't names that scare you (laughs) like it's jimmy butler's team and they're gonna go how he goes iguodala is just insurance i I think there's a really good chance. So I, I think I would say two things, and I, and both of them can be true. One, I think that this was always a team that, like Jimmy Butler is just a better postseason player than he is a regular season player, right? Like on a team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler was the best player on that team last uh, year down yeah, the stretch of games, right? Like he's a right. like he's a, he's a dude that you want in the playoffs. Um, so I, you know, I, I still think he garners that respect as somebody that you don't really want to see in the playoffs, but I, I do think so since January what about now though, in the regular season, are you, are you saying that he's, well, had, well I'm going to, I'm going to get okay, there. Go ahead. Uh, since January 1st, the heat are 12 and 13 overall. Not good. It's two months. They have a losing record prior to that. They were 24 and nine fourth best in the NBA. However, in do in saying that they only had the 10th best scoring margin when they were going 24-9. I, I don't think their record 
I, I don't think their record was indicative of how good they actually were. I think that they they won a lot of close games. I think at one point they were 8-0 in overtime games, right? So, right. yeah, it's good to be able to win tight games, to win close games. But at the same time, like if you're a good team, you should be blowing, you should be win by more. They're still 8-1 and in overtime games, by the way. Right. I, they just lost one yeah. um, recently. And, you know, they're 25th in clutch time net rating this season. And Jimmy Butler has been awful. He's 17 of 54 in clutch, clutch situations, 32% from the floor, just 3 of 18 from 3. And the last minute of one possession games this season, he is 3 of 20 from the field. I looked Three at, of 20. That's awful. I, I looked at those numbers too. Uh, I looked at the he's, he's sub 40% in, in the clutch, awful from 3 as well. But he's getting to the line, and he's he's leading all clutch scores at getting to the free throw line, um, and he's still he's still averaging top five in clutch points per game as well. So you have to take that in in consideration as well, because a lot of those yeah. misses, when you go back and look at them, a lot of those misses are missed and one opportunities. It's not like he's just clanking shots; like it, it was him getting fouled and getting the opportunity at the line. So the fact that he's still been able to impact the game in that way and that's going to mean a lot in the playoffs because i was ready to come on here and kill him too about his clutch performance but then i went back and looked at the way he scored his points it's it's been fine i think he's 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 getting killed a little too much for, and, well for that's always stuff. that's always been his bread and butter i mean even going back to chicago right he started to develop into one of the game's best clutch score in chicago and it's because he gets gets to the line at will yeah so like that and, and i mean we saw it last year you know the 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 four bounce shot Kawhi hits the play before that Jimmy Butler goes goes Jeez. coast to coast goes takes it right to the rack doesn't settle for anything I mean he that guy gets downhill he attacks he's not scared of anybody I don't know I I think Jimmy but or I think just the Heat in general are a little bit uh, inflated I think that they're a little bit inflated they're a little bit overrated I was gonna I, say I don't think they're on par with like Boston and Toronto and, and Milwaukee. Yeah, I okay. I agree with that. I I think that they you still don't want to play them in a playoff series. I think Eric Spoelstra is still one of the best coaches in the league. I think Jimmy Butler is one of the best players in two way players in the league, and he's still going to be able to shut down. Like if the Raptors, for example, end up seeing the Heat in the playoffs, I'm not confident in picking the Raptors. I'm well, because I'm pretty confident. Well, because the other side of that is, it wouldn't surprise you if Jimmy Butler was the best player. Right. In that series, right? And you could say right. that, again, going back to like the Tatum thing, I could see Jimmy Butler being the best player on the court for two series, in theory. Right? Yeah. They, Over Tatum? No, I'm saying like oh. if, if they get, if they get, I was saying after we talked about Tatum. Okay. In the same kind of vein. Like I, I could see he could be the best player on the court against the Sixers. Um, I mean, right now they'd play the Bucks in the next round. I, I, yeah. I don't think he'd outplay Giannis, but. The mind games that Jimmy Butler would play with the Sixers in a playoff oh. series is, I'm here for all of it. That would be amazing. Also, it's wrong that we've gone this long and not mentioned Bam. I was just going to say, we've, yeah. yeah, Bam, once you said Jimmy would be the best player in the series, like Bam's still probably top four in that series, and he's probably three if, uh, in a series against the Raptors. Like, he's not, he's not a huge drop off of Pascal, but he's better than Fred, Fred Van Vliet, and he's better than Kyle Lowry right now. Because that's. I mean, over they've been they haven't been good lately, as you've been saying. But he's averaging like eighteen, eleven, seven, and like two steals and two blocks over his last really fourteen good. games. The seven like dimes is is pretty crazy. But just like watching him, some of the moves he moves yeah. so well. He can play with the ball in his hands. Um, 
it's unfortunate that they haven't been playing well lately because he should be getting a lot more attention for how well he's been playing. So where do you sit on their, like, where are you right now on their playoff? Are they inflated? Are they right where they should be rated or I think are they underrated? As the season have gone on, it's becoming clearer and clearer who the top teams are in the East because for a while it was like the Bucks, and then there were four or five teams just jumbled together, right? Right. Um, I do think Bucks are clearly the best. Celtics, I'd put them ahead of the Raptors right now. I do think the Raptors are the third best team, and then I think there's a little bit gap between like the Heat and Sixes, and okay. I, I think that's ultimately what it is. Um, and this is coming from—I mean, we talked over Christmas. A lot of us thought that the Heat could finish with the second best record in the East, just because they had one of the easiest schedules in the league and they were playing that's so well. That's that is different, different and that's yeah. what I was going to say. It's different from them being able to finish with like one of the best records and being actually the second best team. And that's the same with the Raptors. Like the Raptors could finish with the second best record, but I still don't know if they're the second best team. Yeah, they so I think I think it's just become semis. clear that the Heat are probably the fourth or fifth best team in the East. I'm. I think I'm higher on the Heat than both of you. Really? Yeah. Why after is that? just after looking, I always you think they I, might be better than the Raptors by the sound of it. Yes, because I think that they have a legit chance of having two of the three best players in that series. And I, when it comes down to playoff matchups, if you give me good coaching and talent, I think I'm going to ride with that more times than not. And he played well against he, the Raptors this season. They played really well against Toronto. Um, they went. They were the first team to go in Toronto and beat them, and that was. To this point, one of Jimmy Butler's best games of the yep. season. He was incredible in overtime, in an overtime win, and he had to be great in the clutch. And the other thing that we didn't mention about Jimmy in the clutch, he's taken it upon himself to give up a lot of shots that he would have taken in Philadelphia to try and get mm-hmm. guys like Duncan Robinson open threes, and he's knocked them down. Or Tyler Hero open threes, and they've not like he's giving those young guys more confidence throughout the regular season, so that when the lights are brightest, they're not going to blink. Come play I actually, I, I kind of, I disagree with you on Miami and Toronto. I think Toronto would have no problem with that. You think they would wipe the floor? I think they would wipe the floor of them. Okay. I think matchup-wise, like, between Gasol and Ibaka, right, you have two really smart defenders mm-hmm. for Bam. Uh, all of Miami's guards, I mean, Goran Dragic has, has actually been pretty decent coming off the bench now, but, like, everyone else in that backcourt's incredibly young. I think Kyle Lowry has a massive advantage over uh, Miami's young guys there. And I think Nick Nurse is one of the few coaches where like, he's not going to get out coached by Eric Spolster. So I just, I just think they have the bodies, the bodies for Bam. They got bodies they can throw at Jimmy Butler. The experience factor in the backcourt. I, th- I actually think Toronto would mop the floor with Miami. I don't know if they'd mop in the floor. Because I, I, I think where Toronto gets in trouble is sort of like what we saw in that Milwaukee game. They just get out-talented. Right, like teams. I mean, it sounds so easy, but just like teams that have more talent. I don't think Miami has more talent than Toronto. I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. Like, I I think the Raptors are the better team. I don't think they'd wipe the floor with them, though. Yeah, because I also think like, like Bam would probably guard Siakam in that series, and I think he can make it difficult enough where, not that you're going to negate Siakam, but I think that puts him more on a level playing field. And I don't know if the Raptors. Schematically, I think the Raptors would figure out something to stop Jimmy Butler because he's going to be better in the playoffs, like you guys are saying, than in the regular season. I just don't know if they have a clear answer for him. It may, the answer is probably OG Ananobi, honestly. And he could be a huge for the Raptors in the playoffs just because of the guys he's going to have to match up with. Um, I, it would be a fascinating series, though. Just, I mean, they're what, two, probably two of the best coaches um, in the East, Certainly. at least in the playoffs. Well, until, the top until five in the league, right? Until Bud proves that he can make the adjustments needed to, to kind of get those, the Bucks to that I level. I would take both those guys over Bud easily. Right. So I think just, just the stuff that they would think of and throw out there would be a fascinating series. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. Let's go. Just say it. 
Uh, if Toronto ended, if this, Toronto doesn't get the second seed and mess around, end up in the third or or even fourth, they're in jeopardy of being out in the first round. Yeah, I mean, if it's Philly, they're playing maybe. If it's Philly or Miami, I, I think they're in jeopardy of being out in the first round. I I really think that like Pascal has taken that next step and that next leap. We we still haven't even seen a team really game plan to shut him down in the regular season. And when it came up to big games, and again, going back to that Heat game earlier this year where where Jimmy Butler stepped up and, and they ended up winning in overtime, Pascal struggled down the stretch in that game. And you wrote about it. The expectations for him are at a point where he's now in the conversations with the Jimmy Butler to take to, to be able to carry his team to the next level. And I just think when you have a good coach capable defenders that you're going to be able to put in front of him that can guard him one-on-one not even when you're you not even when you have to go into your scheme bag like just be able to slow him down one-on-one i i think that's uh it's going to be tough for the raptors to get past it because if pascal's not the best player one or two best player on the floor for an entire series then the raptors don't have a shot i think it's lowry though I think Lowry's the guy. At this point in his yeah. career, you think he's still on this team once the playoffs there? over the course of an eighty-two game season. It's not sure, right? But I, but I, I think that there's a Kyle Lowry. I think the the dynamic between Siakam and Lowry in the pecking order in Toronto hinges entirely on the Siakam's the young guy you running for eighty-two games and Lowry saving a little bit. I think like push comes to shove, playoff time is Kyle Lowry's team. Like okay. it's gonna be he's gonna be the guy that's gonna make or break what they do down the stretch of tight it's game. Be fine. Cause it's not Siakam. It's just not, but I do think w- maybe this is what you're, you're saying as well. Colin It's like down the end of a game. If it's wrapped as heat game six in a must win game, it was very clear last season that the ball was in Kawhi in his hands. And something that doesn't get enough attention is like anytime he was in those situations, he either got a shot that he wanted or he got to the line. Right. Um, I don't know if I have the confidence that Larry can go shot for shot with I like a Jimmy Butler. Can't. He can't. Which is why I do think they need, like, Siakam needs to be that player. And that's clearly the next level that he has to get to. I don't think he's done that yet. Um, and then may- maybe that's something that he adds to his game for next season, which we shouldn't lose focus on how much he's improved just because he hasn't reached that level because he's already shattered everyone's expectations for him. Um, I don't know. We've spent 60 games being nice to Pascal Siakam. It's time. No, that, like, it's, we're focused on the playoffs. We're talking about no, winning. I agree like, with that. I, I think, like, Pascal Siakam is, has been awesome. Like, and he's reserved. He has received nothing but praise this entire year and rightfully deservedly mm-hmm. so. But like it's it's go time. Like it's playoff time and like I'm sorry but like it's time to hold it, we got to take the training wheels off talking about Pascal Siakam. And I, we just talked about this the other day so I don't want to go uh down that rabbit hole again but like until he has a good game and plays well against another good team in a big spot as the guy, I don't want to hear about Pascal Siakam being the best player in a playoff series. Like, he had great finals games. Congratulations. He did it as an afterthought next to a guy who turned into Michael Jordan for a month. He wasn't an afterthought. And he also... Not an afterthought. Afterthought's a bit strong. And but, he also, he did it, but he did it completely with zero pressure. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. They needed his scoring in both in the last three series of the playoffs last still, year. Still, and he also got matched up with, like... Like, the, the matchups he had, Joel Embiid guarded him. Giannis spent some time on him. Brooke Lopez spent some time on him. He was against Draymond Green in the finals. Like, he did have big matchups throughout the playoffs. And granted, if he had a game where he scored 16 points on bad shooting, it wasn't the end of the world for the Raptors. Right. Whereas this year, that's probably the case, that's, which is why he needs to step up and do that. That's why I think that they're, they're going to be in trouble if they don't end up with that second seed in the first round. 
I, I, th- I honestly think that this is a scenario that if they're if it's Miami and Toronto, this is a scenario I'm picturing right. Close game, last five minutes. Bam Adebayo's guarding Pascal Siakam. He can do that at a high level one on one. And if Lowry's your next guy, Jimmy Butler could guard Kyle Lowry Probably, and make yeah. it tough for him. And where are you going? Where are you going offensively after that? Hubie Brown knows where you're going with that. <laughs> Fred Van Finals MVP vote, baby. Yeah. See. That's if that happens, Freddie's getting paid like Norm Powell. And then on the season. other side, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who, who stops Jimmy Butler. OG, right? It's OG. It's OG's OG. not stopping right. him. He, he makes it tough. He might. He makes might. It tough. That's why it's going to be so interesting. It's going to be fascinating. The Eastern uh, Conference playoffs is going to be is going to be awesome. I think both both conferences. Yeah, that's true. Will, will be pretty cool. All right, shout outs. Shout outs. What do we got? I'm just going to take this time to talk about how great Book Lopez is. <laughs> That's it. That's that's it. He's shooting under thirty percent for three this season. Can but you just kill my mic. So I, <laughs> no, he, he's posting up more this season, which is great for the Bucks because when he gets a mismatch on him, he can score against Bobby yeah, Kuchik, cl- right? Yeah, cl- clog the lane for for Giannis. That's what's great for the Bucks. That's nah. going to lead them to the championship. Nah, um, people still respect him on three. Fantastic rim protector. More guys are talking about him being a defensive player of the year candidate, which makes me so happy because I've been saying I thought last season he should be getting attention for defensive player of the year. Were you just like giving a standing ovation when Stan Van Gundy was I, going on? I about stood that up the off my night. couch and started clapping I, he had like he, he wasn't giving a, a giving more than a, a standing Kleenex. ovation a little bit you probably you probably need to be alone for 15 minutes <laughs> 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 easy there okay <laughs> on that note mike go ahead. uh i want to give a shout out to paul Millsap. i don't think I, we've okay. really talked about paul Millsap a whole lot this still year. in the league <laughs> back in the lineup after missing a month all right averaging 22 minutes a game shooting 55 percent from three since he came back for the season, shooting a career-high 44% from three. And here's one for you. The Denver Nuggets this season, with Paul Millsap on the floor, outscoring teams by 14 points per 100 possessions. With him off the floor, wow, they are being outscored. He has, by far, the best net rating differential of any player on the Denver Nuggets. Paul Millsap, the ultimate glue guy on a team that's uh, starting to... It caused some problems out west. I can't believe I get laughed off of the mic <laughs> when I bring up Brook Lopez. <laughs> I wish we had more time because to you go bring to up Brook Lopez for five times a week. <laughs> I wish we had more time to go into Denver because uh, we'll probably have to save it for, for next pod. Uh, my shout out goes out to Nate McMillan. He won't win Coach of the Year, but he's done an incredible job this season of keeping that Pacers team together. Uh, they're finally healthy. Victor Oladipo on Thursday night didn't have. A great game stat line wise by his standards. He's like he's an all star when when completely healthy. But the swagger's getting back there. Like he's slowly finding his places on the floor where he can start to make and take those shots that made him an all star before he got injured. Um, the, I, I just worry about them having enough time together as a unit to be at their peak level come playoff time. But next season, if this unit stays the same, they're going to be a team that could be a top four team now in the Eastern Conference, and I think Nate McMillan deserves a ton of credit for keeping them together, not only without Victor Oladipo, but Brogdon was in and out of the lineup, and he's a new addition. Um, he found a way to get it, another level out of Jeremy Lamb. Sabonis turned into an all-star. Miles Turner's playing well, and Nate McMillan's keeping his team afloat in the Eastern Conference. They could have easily fallen apart. He's a good coach, man. I, I He got robbed uh, a couple years ago of winning Coach of the Year. I think the the Pacers, I think two years ago, were supposed to win 31, and they ended up winning 48 games. Mm-hmm. He consistently gets the most out of his teams. He's, he's a great coach. Yeah. Even in Portland, he did a, a decent job, I thought, uh, over there. 
Never won Coach of the Year, but and he won't win it this year, but he deserves some credit for keeping that team afloat. That's all we have this week. We will see you next week as well, right here on NBA Sound System for Scott Rafferty. Mike Adams, I am Carlin Gay. Like I said, we'll see you next week, right here on NBA Sound System. Yeah.